Hello and welcome to episode number 42 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be taking a look at the concept of nationalism. We've just had the 4th of July. A lot of people interchange the words nationalism and patriotism, and I think they're close enough to kind of put them under the same umbrella. We had a big parade in Washington, D.C. Of course, President Trump was the guy behind this. He spoke at this event, which, of course, meant that everybody on the left had to come out against this parade. We had Nike try to come out with a set of sneakers with the Betsy Ross flag on the back. Colin Kaepernick came out and cried because that's what he does best, that this was a racist shoe. I mean, I didn't know shoes could be racist. I didn't know flags could be racist. And of course, Nike, whether this has been nothing more than a big stunt or not, we have yet to find that out. But Nike pulls the shoes. And this is the overall concept that you have going in America now, which is if President Trump throws a parade, parades are bad. It's a really weird concept considering the fact that almost everybody is out there blowing fireworks up because they're what? I mean, they're celebrating the country, right? That's nationalism. You're proud to be an American. We're hearing from a lot of people saying we're not proud to be an American. Michelle Obama, when Barack Obama became president, said, you know, she hasn't always been all that proud of being an American or she never was proud to be an American before, before Barack was elected. And this is a concept that we really need to take a look at. Do you understand where politics is today? Because I've harped on this before, the fact that things used to be different, and I understand that's something old guys say, and I'm closing in on 50 years old, so I've seen some things go on. I think I understand the history of the country fairly well and the history of a lot of other parts of the world. And it's interesting to me when you start seeing things like statues coming down, the Confederate statues, obviously the biggest example of that, which has been going on here in the United States. There's now talk of, well, we can't have the airport in California. I forget exactly what state it was named after John Wayne. Because he said some questionable things in a Playboy interview back in 1970, 1971, somewhere around there. And we're, we've got this concept going now, which is the ultimate in the gotcha game, which you only have to show, it seems, one little example or maybe one big example in certain cases of something somebody did at some point in their life, which now makes them a pariah, a horrible person forever. We can never say anything good about them. These things must follow them for the rest of their lives, whether it was something, you know, somebody tweeted in high school or wrote in a yearbook or wore an offensive costume at some point. These things can never leave your history. This is the new concept that everybody seems to be rallying behind now. And it's absolutely crazy because nobody not even me, is perfect. We've all done things in our past that I think you look back on once you grow, once you learn and go, you know what? I was an idiot back then. I don't hold those same views today, but this is the world we're living in now, which is something you said 40 years ago can be used against you today. Even if you've spent every minute of the 40 years following that, 
proving that you're a different person that said those things. It doesn't matter anymore. And where do we go as a society when that doesn't matter anymore? Because everybody's going to make a mistake. Everybody's going to say something stupid. And we've talked about it in the past when it comes to language that if you know somebody, doesn't matter who it is, you know their buttons and you can pull something out where you really want to get them mad you know what to say so if you're you know a white person but you have a black friend i mean you really know if you're gonna have a drag out drop down you're going at it argument that if you pull out the n-word man it's gonna cause fireworks you're doing it for effect doesn't necessarily mean you're racist because obviously you have a black friend in the first place right so these are the kind of things that you have to look at everything that people do in context you have to look at the bigger picture and not one word uttered, not one action, not one anything. I think everybody should be graded on what they are as a whole, not something that happened to them, something they did, something they said, perhaps on at their lowest point, the worst day of their life, while they were drunk, while they were high, whatever it is. I think we go down a very bad slope when you start putting people into a cage to where anything you've ever done can be held against you. And some of the things I'm sure are really deplorable and really horrible. And I'm sure there are some things that are worthy of that kind of scorn. But we have to start looking at where we are as a society as well with, well, when does somebody when have they fulfilled their debt to society? You know, if they've gone to prison for something, if they were convicted of something, when they get out, they shouldn't still be held accountable for these things. That's one of the great things about the United States of America is you do your time and you're a free man. Once again, you can do whatever you want. You can live in society. No problem. But that's not where the world is going with social media, the news media and all this other stuff. There was a story the other day, just as a quick aside, about the guy from Peter, Paul, and Mary, Peter Yero. So Peter of Peter, Paul, and Mary. Back in 1970, so the year I was born, he was riding high, and two girls came to his room looking for an autograph. I don't know how they found out what hotel room he was in. I don't know the specifics of the story, and I don't know if it really matters from the fact that he was convicted of having inappropriate contact with a minor child uh, sexual contact one of the girls was 13 i believe and one was 17 but he did his time he was convicted he did a three-month sentence i guess which maybe seems a little bit light but again this was 1970 and then jimmy carter completely pardoned the guy so when it comes down to following the rule of law in the united states he was an asshole he did something bad he was caught. He was tried. He was convicted. He did his time. What little time? Maybe you disagree with how much it was, but he did his time. And then he was given a complete pardon by a president. And here we are in 2019. So 49 years later, he was on the bill to play some festival when news of this 1970 conviction came to light. I guess, you know, maybe the news just goes really, really slow these days. I, I don't know how, but somebody involved with this festival 
heard about this, saw that this happened back in 1970, and pulled him from the bill. And to me, it's like, this isn't America. If you do something and you're convicted, you're arrested, everything else, but you do your time, that really shouldn't be held against him for the rest of his life, no matter what the crime was. I just don't feel that there's anything that makes sense to be like, but this is Social Justice Warrior 101, which is you did this at one point 50 years ago. The guy's now 80 years old, but we're still going to be holding this against him, even though, again, he's come out and said, you know what? This was, you know, a different time. Musicians, there were a lot of people doing this kind of stuff, but you know what? I agree. This was horrible and I fell into it and I shouldn't have done it. And I thought I could just get away with anything because I was a superstar. But it seems to me that ever since then, he has not glorified this. He has shown contrition for this. How long do you hold something against somebody? I don't know, but that's not the America that I really grew up in. And I can see where maybe you'd start losing that, you know, patriotic fire, that nationalism where you're proud of the country that you're from when things start falling into disarray the way that they have. But I don't understand the overall concept that people have today where they think nationalism is a bad thing. Because a lot of the people that seem to think nationalism is a really bad thing are the ones that really love stuff like World Cup soccer. And this kind of thing blows my mind, just like the every four years, Major League Baseball does this, where they kind of have an Olympics of baseball. The, all the different countries that have field a baseball team that want to do so. And they get together and they compete. It's country against country. That's the epitome of nationalism, isn't it? My country's better than yours. I'm going to go out there and cheer for the United States when they're playing Cuba or Colombia or Puerto Rico, whatever the country that they're playing at the time. You're rooting for your country. Isn't that nationalism? Is, am I missing something? Because people are really into this stuff. People seem to love the Olympics. I never have. I've never really been into the Olympics, but I understand the reason behind it. A pride that my people, where I come from, we did something good. Why is it bad to celebrate when people that you're related to live in your geographical area, come from the country that you do, do something good? Why is that a bad thing? I don't understand that concept. Because if being a nationalist is such a bad thing, we really need to get rid of the World Cup. We need to get rid of the Olympics, and we can never have countries competing in anything like this ever again, because this is all just nationalist. You're rooting for your country, and it has to be a bad thing, according to a lot of people. I simply don't agree with it, nor do I agree with the fact that you have to have this concept again, where you did one thing bad, like the guy from Peter, Paul, and Mary, and that's going to define you. For the rest of eternity. But this is exactly what happened with the southern states of the United States with things like these Confederate statues, the Confederate flag. We can no longer have anything to do with the Confederacy because of slavery. This is the excuse people are giving you. Well, because of slavery, everything else that came with the southern United States, every other little bit of culture that surrounds the southern united states is bad and must no longer be celebrated because of slavery and it's an interesting concept until you do your homework 
until you start understanding the world that is around you. Because the minute you say that you can no longer have the Confederate flag, say, because of slavery, well, go start doing homework about slavery in the world. I hate to tell you, but slavery is still going on today. Slavery still exists in places like Africa. It's fairly common. In India, it's fairly common. Throughout most of the world, there is still some slavery going on. If you go and do your homework and look these things up, which I did, and you know I hate doing research, but I found a website, globalslaveryindex.org, and you can go and look at the maps they have going on here, which show the prevalence of slavery, as well as how countries deal with slavery. And to get on the map to be white, to be the color white, I know, ironic, but that's the way it's color coded, to have the lowest amount of slavery in your country. The only countries that qualify for that are the United States, Canada, Australia, and it looks like the countries at the southern tip of South America, so Chile and Argentina, I believe it is. I'm not great in geography, but you can go look at the map. You go look at what's going on in places like Africa and the Middle East and through China, which isn't as bad as I actually thought it would be throughout the ex where the Soviet Union was. There's still slavery going on in all these places. So I guess if you're going to go after the Confederate States of the United States, you certainly can't then be still proud to be an African in any way, shape, or form. So the African-Americans who are upset about the Confederate flag, you cannot be proud of your African heritage because there's still slavery going on in those countries today. So it makes zero logical sense for you to be mad about the Confederacy, but still then be happy that you're from Africa because there's still slavery going on there. That's the only way that I can possibly see any logic that there's no other way. If you can explain it to me, how you could be proud of something where there's still slavery going on in those places, feel free to reach out and do so. But this is why you can't just take one thing and define a person by it, define a country by it, because this is not just a black and white world. Things are quite complicated when it comes down to all of this stuff. And I'm like, well, okay, you know, there's a lot of countries. I'm like, well, what about Canada, for instance, which I've never heard about slavery in Canada. And a lot of people in Canada, it seems, also haven't heard about their past with slavery, but there is one. And these are the interesting things when you start doing your homework and you start looking at the history and you start going, hey, wait a minute. How come these things are not taking the front page news? How come we haven't heard about this? Why are some things reported and some things not? I found a very interesting article on the Canadian Broadcast Corporation's website entitled Canada's Slavery Secret, the Whitewashing of 200 Years of Enslavement. And this is an article that was posted just in February of this year. Kyle Brown, the author of the story, calls this the erasure of blackness, saying Canada's towns, parks and universities abound with statues and street signs that have immortalized our founding fathers, but there is no sign of the men, women, and children that some of these powerful men enslaved. Small wonder, then, that many of us today are unaware that indigenous and African peoples were forced into bondage 
across colonial Canada. Hiding two centuries of slavery requires some effort, and it is a collective silence that historian Afua Cooper calls the erasure of blackness. There's possible, perhaps no better symbol of erasure than an invisible cemetery. Every year, the Black Coalition of Quebec organizes a grim pilgrimage to an unmarked grave about an hour from Montreal outside the village of St. Armand, close to a dozen slaves are said to be buried near a large whale-shaped boulder. Little is known of the people enslaved by the Luke family loyalists who fled the United States in the 1780s, and while the family cemetery still stands, the tombstones bent with age, their slaves left behind a trail of disappearing clues. This is really something that we've talked about in a previous episode of Random Thoughts about here in America with the Kate Smith thing and the erasing of history. It's intriguing to me because I have never heard about slavery in Canada. So I went and, well, you know what? There has to be something. So you do a quick search engine search and you can find the information. But why is it that a lot of people in Canada don't even know that slavery happened there? Our countries. Are people really better off when you start forgetting the past? I always go back to the old saying, you know, those who forget the past are doomed to repeat the mistakes. And this is firmly, completely what's going on in America and around the world right now, which is we want to forget all of these bad things in the past. We want to tear down all of these statues. We want to paint over murals of people like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson because. They were bad people. No, they were flawed people who, when you look at them around one or two incidents, perhaps you can make anybody look bad, but you've got to look at people. You have to base your opinion upon, of them upon what they did as a whole. And when you start forgetting history and when you start whitewashing things and when you start trying to make things fit a narrative you start running into a lot of problems. Nike's finding that out right now with the Betsy Ross flag sneaker controversy. I mean, it seemed like who could be mad? We're releasing some red, white, and blue sneakers. They have the Betsy Ross flag on the back of them. But of course, Colin Kaepernick, who I mean, I guess speaks for everybody in the United States. And I guess who really holds some weight with Nike, they must have really paid this asshole a lot of money to do their advertising because he says the Betsy Ross flag is racist and Nike snaps to attention as to not offend poor little snowflake Colin Kaepernick. The interesting thing is I still don't understand how a flag of the United States is racist. It's a symbol of the country, both good and both bad. The Betsy Ross flag wasn't just a Southern flag, obviously. That was a Confederate flag. So the fact that anything bad was associated with this flag was enough to make Colin Kaepernick decide that it was bad and for Nike to agree to pull the shoes. Maybe it is just a big publicity stunt, as talked about on the No Agenda podcast with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. We've yet to find out about it, but Nike definitely has a lot of people talking, but a lot of it is in a bad way. So I don't really know if this was or was not. And if it was a publicity stunt, it may be one that's backfiring on them. 
Because the problem with the internet now and the problem with people being able to find some historical enclosures to put things around, you look at Barack Obama's second inauguration, you know what was hanging behind him? (laughs) The Betsy Ross flag. So let me follow the logic now of Colin Kaepernick and Nike and say that anybody that uses the Betsy Ross flag since it's a symbol of racism, is a racist. So Barack Obama, according to Colin Kaepernick, is a racist. I'm just following the logic here. Not even making a big jump, not even going six degrees of separation or anything. Colin Kaepernick, Nike, are saying we don't want to offend anybody by using this racist symbol, the Betsy Ross flag, on our shoes. So I guess Barack Obama must be a racist because he used this symbol in his second inauguration. So. That's the logic. I mean, the logic can't go any other way. If you can tell me how the logic goes any other way, again, feel free to reach out. But to me, if the logic is this flag is racist, then Barack Obama's a racist because he used it. Talk about an inconvenient truth. But back to the slavery issue for a minute. If you really want to have a good time, go to your favorite search engine, hopefully DuckDuckGo and not Google. But either way, do a search for slavery in And then put the country of your choice in there because you can do slavery in the United Kingdom. It existed. They had it. So I guess the UK got to get rid of their flag. Slavery in the Netherlands. uh, It existed. They were a part of the slave trade. Yeah. Got it. Netherlands. Obviously bad because they were a part of slavery. Even Switzerland. Who you think? Okay. Switzerland. They're the they're the high and mighties. They're they're above the fray and just so many things. Doing a search for slavery in Switzerland brought me to an interesting article on a site, SwissInfo.ch, talking about how Switzerland played a key role in the slave trade. So even the high and mighty Switzerland isn't beyond being implicated in the slavery epidemic and the, the scourge which it is on mankind slavery but everybody was a part of this everything was so pointing out to one person again you can't hold one person accountable one group accountable and not start looking at what everybody else had to do with this but the most interesting thing that i found in this article about this switzerland being involved in this the slave trade There's an interview with a Swiss historian named Hans Fossler, where the website asks him, the interviewer, how do you explain the international community's increasing interest in the African slave trade? And he answers, these international remembrance days reflect above all the willingness of countries, including Switzerland, to shed light on their past. These days, there are many calls for reflection, but also for an analysis of the consequences of slavery on today's world. We had to wait until the end of the Cold War before nations were ready to re-examine that chapter of history. Beforehand, the subject was completely taboo, and those who brought the subject up were considered enemies of the state. But the repercussions of colonization and the slave trade are too important to be ignored, so much so that the Global Conference Against Racism in Durban in 2001 reopened the debate by recognizing the transatlantic slave trade as a crime against humanity. The Swiss Info interviewer asks, what concrete steps has Switzerland taken towards shedding some light on this chapter 
And he responds, in the political arena, it's an issue that still needs to advance. In the academic sphere, Switzerland's role is coming under increasing scrutiny. Basil is trying to organize an international conference on the matter, while a book on Switzerland's participation in the slave trade will be published shortly. And then he was asked the question that really got down to the crux of all of this and what's going on right now, which is, why is this issue so important now in your opinion? And he answers, like all Western countries, Switzerland must answer questions over the source of its wealth. So this is not about what happened in the past. This is not about the bad things, the sins of the past. This is about socialism. Once again, this is about the distribution of wealth. This is about reparations. And it's kind of interesting to me that almost all seemingly roads lead to this when it comes to global warming and all of the other big scams that are being perpetrated by those who want a big one world government. But this is what it's about is moving money to somebody else because you made the money on the backs of these people and you don't deserve it, even though the people who have the money now are not the people that ever owned slaves. So at some point you have to hit a reset button just like the guy from Peter, Paul and Mary, you know, 50 years later, maybe should be allowed to sing his songs. If he wants to, people don't have to show up. I mean, if you're so offended by what he did 50 years ago, you're more than really welcome not to show up, not to buy his records and, and anything like that. But in that case, it seemed like he paid his debt to society and he moved on. In this case, slavery, these kind of things in the United States, it doesn't happen anymore. It's still happening in a lot of places in the world. Why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we talking about stopping slavery in Africa before we're talking about reparations from countries like the United States and Switzerland? I don't get it. Why aren't you worried about the people that are now enslaved? Why are you worrying about the people that were enslaved over 100 years ago? It doesn't make any sense except that you're pushing a narrative and not really giving a crap about the topic you're talking about. This is why not allowing history to be erased is an important thing. Canadians should know there was slavery in Canada. The people in the United States should understand there was slavery in the United States and understand why the Civil War was fought. But you don't throw out every little last bit of culture from an area because something else happened. It doesn't make sense. It hurts humanity. It hurts everybody involved. And you have to start looking at things logically. Just like, why are people so mad that Trump threw a parade? Because it was Trump. You know, if Obama would have thrown the same damn parade, the left would have jumped up and down and had themselves a little mini orgasm because they would have loved it so much. And when you have a country that people will actually turn on anything because the president supports it, you have to ask yourself, are those people rational? They're against a parade for the 4th of July. There's been one in the town I've lived in my whole life. There's probably been one in the town you lived in your whole life. There's parades on the 4th of July. It's just something that's done. So people coming out against the 4th of July, you have to ask yourself the question, if they hate America so much, why are they still here? It doesn't make sense. They're involved in the process. That's good. I applaud everybody who wants to be involved in the political process. But stop lying. Start being, stop being divisive and start again looking for 
the things that bind people together. America may suck, as Uncle Ted Nugent has said once or twice, but we suck a whole lot less than the rest of the world. And that's a reason why we still have a problem with more people wanting to come here and nobody wants to leave. If it's so bad here, why do people still want to come here? Explain that one to me, too, because that's another logical thing that I will never understand, nor will I understand why it's bad to be ashamed or not proud of the country that you're from. I think most people around the world are proud of the country that they're from. It always amazes me when people that came from countries, even with massive amounts of problems, Cuba, for instance, a lot of baseball players, and that's something I followed pretty closely for many years of my life, came to this country from Cuba to find a better life. And most of them risked a lot to get out of Cuba and get into the United States. Yet still, when you see things like there was a celebration of Cuba, I forget what it was even for, but a couple of White Sox players, I remember this from last year, that came from Cuba, Jose Abreu and Juan Moncada, I believe it was, they had the Cuban flags around their shoulders and they were celebrating Cuba. Why? Because that's their history. That's where they're from. They escaped the place. They risked life and limb to get the hell out of the place because it was so bad, yet they were still proud of their country and rightfully so. People telling you not to be proud of being an American, tell them to fuck off. Ask them where is a better place to live, and if they have an answer for you, tell them to go live there. They're more than welcome to leave. Nobody's keeping them here in the beautiful United States of America. We don't have that problem with too many people trying to escape the country just the other way around. I want to thank you for tuning into this edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. I hope you learned a little something. I know I did doing the research, even though I hate doing it. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. I love all the comments we're getting, the tweets, the suggestions, people telling me it's a great show, people saying it sucks, whatever it is. If you disagree, you can always reach out to us at on Twitter at Random Podcast, R-A-N-D-U-M-B Podcast, or Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L are the Twitter handles. And you can email us at randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. If you really like what you're hearing, please go and subscribe. Rate us on whatever you're using. There's a lot of these places, iTunes, Android, and other programs where you can rate podcasts. And that helps a big deal in keeping the show growing. And if you really, really, really like what you're hearing, you can go to our website, randomthoughts.com, and click that little donation button. We use the value for value model. So, the podcast is completely and utterly free. If you think you got something out of the show, feel free to throw a donation and any amount helps to keep the lights on, the microphones humming, and you know, those bits traveling back and forth across the world. So I hope you had a great 4th of July. Looking forward to a great end of summer here in the United States and wherever you are, I'll give you the advice my buddy Larry over at that LarryShow.com always gives. Take no shit. Your life will be better for it. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.